Howdy. This is the Views from the Shop podcast today, Saturday, March 25th. I wish you the happiest of National Walk-In Sand Days. Today is an exciting day because we welcome former Ohio State South Pole legend. You may know him, Joey Lane. From the Ohio State men's basketball team, an alum, and also a host of the Drive the Lane podcast as well, contributes to 97.1 The Fan, and you see him on Twitter all the time, at JoeySmoke14. Joey Lane, it's an honor and a privilege to have you here. How are you feeling right now? Uh, I'm feeling good. I know it's Saturday, but my forgive me if my eyes wander, um, because there is there is some hoops on. I won't be specific. Everyone knows the results already, but I mean, we got to say we just finished watching the best game of the tournament, MSU versus Kansas State. So forgive me if my eyes wander. There's a lot going on. It is the best time of the year. Could not be happier with how this tournament's going so far, just in the pure sense of sure seems like the best teams are winning games. The best players are playing great. And I mean, college basketball is on uh, front and center, which I always love, and, and everybody becomes the biggest fan in the world for a few weeks, which I, I can't argue with that. Yeah, so we're recording here, obviously, on, on Thursday night. I'm in the midst of some kind of severe thunderstorm with, with lightning and thunder, but the, the greatest electricity, if, if you will, came from that Michigan State-Kansas State game. Joey, as a former Ohio State player, how do you feel when you watch big 10 teams play in the tournament, are you pulling for them? Are there certain ones you don't pull for? Do you laugh at seven foot four, 305 pounds, Zach Eady being able to take out six foot five, the shortest team in, in college basketball, Fairleigh Dickinson. How do you feel when you watch these big teams, big 10 teams play? Yeah. What a, what a great question. And something that I don't know if I've ever been asked on a show, but I get asked all the time my rule of thumb is like, I never root for the big 10, honestly, like that's as an Ohio state basketball, former player, whatever, right. That that's as Joey Lane, the former basketball player, I have a tough time rooting for other teams success because I want it to be Ohio state success and I'm jealous. So I I have a hard time rooting as I've begun this media journey in my life. I've changed my tune on that a bit uh, where a producer at Big Time Network told me the, the greatest line since I started this is um, I did this practice run with them and and I was like basically making fun of Indiana for being preseason favored in the Big Ten, but having never accomplished anything in recent years. And we finished and the producer was like, that was great, but you know, you can't do that because the Big Ten Conference would be writing your check. Like you have to talk highly of the teams in the Big Ten Conference. So all that to say is I have a tough time rooting for the big time of the tournament because I wish the success was for Ohio state and not for um, these other teams, but like there are some teams and I feel like this is not an answer, but I always root for Michigan state. Cause I have friends that played there. I have friends that went there. I love Tom Izzo. I always root for Michigan state. There's a couple other teams that are fairly harmless as I like to say, Um those teams that I always root for because they're harmless are Northwestern and Rutgers. Those guys are harmless. So I'm always going to root for them. Um, I love coach Collins. I'm from 10 minutes from Northwestern's campus. So he would come recruit kids at my high school. And um, so I love coach Collins. 
lifetime contract. I'm all in for it. And then uh, um, I don't know Pikele at all, but like, how could you not want to play for him? So uh, I, I, those are the two, te- three teams that I'll root for. If it's like Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Michigan, or Michigan, like, uh, uh-uh. I don't want them to win. I don't, I don't want Michigan to sniff another sweet 16 when they didn't make the tournament after Hunter Dickinson's talking all that trash. Like I love it. Love it so much. So long winded answer, but I hope that makes sense. There is a, there's levels as the kids say, there's levels to this. So, so I, I guess the greatest takeaway here is that the big 10 network is at least somewhat censoring how you truly feel about some teams. It's a great, it's a great point. I think that um, you're exactly right. I, but the reasoning is so great, right? Like they're like, Hey man, if you worked here, like they'd be paying your checks. Like, so talk nice about them, which is fine. You don't think ESPN does the same thing with sec teams. Like uh, they do, you know? So um, they, they don't tell me how to feel on Twitter necessarily. Right. In theory. Right. Um, But in the studio, when I was talking specifically this example about Indiana, I felt like it was the right thing to do to be positive. So I was positive, even though we'll take it. they proved they proved me exactly right. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, we'll take that. We'll take that answer for sure. And then, I mean, at some point, I'm sure we'll talk about Ohio State basketball. You 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 mentioned Michigan State and Ohio State. In my opinion, their worst game of the season this year came against Michigan State in the shot. I was there, and it was horrible. Me too, front and center with my cousin who went to Michigan State. It was miserable. So. Let me ask you this. One, Joey Lane on the floor against five Steven Izzo's. What is the spread? What is Vegas coming out with? One on five. I don't know Steven Izzo personally. And I feel for the kid in general. I just feel for him. But I do think I could beat him one on five. I don't think the spread will reflect that. But I do think I could beat him one on five. Is it, is it just generally that you have probably about six inches on him? Is that about all it takes? I'm not a tall guy, and I do think I have six inches on him. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's fair enough. So You know, the poor guy's never made a single point at Michigan State. Yeah, he's never scored a never. single point. I used to – so this is – and I don't – listen, is Steven Izzo is doing the hardest thing ever, which is playing for your dad, especially when your dad is a legend. I had, uh, like I said before, guys my age at Michigan State were some of my good buddies because they just happened to be Justin Aaron's older brother, gang Kyle Aaron's, and then I met them all at the PK80 tournament when I was a junior in college, and I worked out with Jack Hoiberg, who was on Michigan State a walk-on, because he's from the Chicagoland area, and I worked out with him every summer. Um, so I got to be really good friends with guys like Jack and Kyle Aaron's and Matt McQuaid and all these guys. Um, and they used to, but Steven Izzo was not there yet. And then Steven Izzo did get there, but he wasn't necessarily like part of this crew yet. And I used to get videos of him in practice and boy, were they some bummer video. Like I just, just feel for him. So that that's the bottom line. He's, he's a fan favorite. He's awesome. He's a clearly an awesome teammate. He knows his role. He gets it. Kudos to Steven Izzo for not being a manager and instead playing, right? But I, I, I think I beat him one on five. <laughs> the the funny part about Steven Izzo is that you you could make an argument, and 
I don't know how this podcast, I mean, we're, we're not even 10 minutes in and, and we're completely off the rails, but you could, you could Welcome legitimately, you could legitimately make the argument that Steven Izzo was the worst player in division one college basketball this season. Uh, it, it, again, it's no offense to him. We're but, not going to do that, but, but maybe we're not going to do that though. He, I, he's remember, at least... I, I remember my early years at Ohio state, there were some guys on Rutgers that I could not believe played college, major college basketball. I, there were, there were a few guys. They had one guy who must've been like the starting fullback for Rutgers that was playing significant minutes for them. Couldn't shoot outside the paint. Couldn't dribble the ball. It's like, what are we doing? Here? And then they go ahead and beat us in the big 10 tournament, but that's neither here nor there. So yeah, I, I have no comment on the Steven Izzo best slash worst player in, in college basketball. No comment. Not sure how, how we got there. Uh, this is what happens <laughs> when you don't come up with show notes and you just say, Hey, let's talk about Buckeye hoops and, and enjoy it. So sorry. If, if Steven Izzo, look, if you're listening, man, we're, we're sorry. We'd love to have you on the show, but I love Steven um, Izzo. Like I said, I got all the props in the world for him. He knows, he knows where he stands. That's what it's makes a great so role cool. too. I mean, there's, you know, how many people in, in the central Ohio area age 17 right now would kill to have Steven Izzo's role, but on Ohio state, that's a fun role to have. Yeah. That's it, why everyone puts a hater. This is coming from me, a person who was, when I say adequate at basketball, that, that is not accurate. I was, I was below adequate on a division three Ohio uh, high school basketball team where I scored 21 points in a game one time, but that was as a junior on JV. So that shows okay. you how fit I am to criticize any basketball player whatsoever. However, speaking of, Ohio State basketball, Joey, I guess we should get into it. You obviously, you know this team with a, a perspective that is different than most. We've had a couple other guests on the show already this offseason, but no one really has a view like you do, not only playing on the team, but knowing Chris Holman, knowing plenty of the people within the program still to this day. What was your impression on the season that was the 2022-23 Ohio State Buckeyes? Um, yeah, I, I think you look at it as a year, and, and, and you mentioned it. Like, obviously, I have a relationship with, with the staff and a lot of guys on the team that not, not many others have, which is really cool, but it also makes me, like, care way more, which also makes everything hurt way more. Um, but before this year, I knew going into it from having conversations with a few different guys that, it's never a rebuilding year at Ohio state, right? That's not the word they use, but it's a year where there's a lot of questions. Um, and it's almost like the worst thing that could have happened was having such a promising beginning and being 10 and three and being ranked. And it was always a, a transition sort of year, 10 new guys, everybody who's playing significant minutes minus two guys are brand new to the program brand new to big 10 basketball. And in a lot of cases, brand new to college basketball in general. Um, it just made it, it turned into almost a lose, lose situation um, where you lose and everyone's pissed because you think you should be better. Um, and, or you, you know, you're losing close games and everyone, it's not like, Oh man, these guys are playing so hard. It's like, Oh, well they should have won, which is fair. Um, but it was always a year that was confusing with question marks. Who's going to be the guy Who's not going to be the guy who's going to play who, which transfer is going to be the best, like, you know, so many questions. Um, what I will say is number one, the end of the year 
brings you so much confidence and so much positivity and getting a chance to play those freshmen as much as you did and not only play them, but see them turn into these mega superstar freshmen, right? And Bruce Thornton had his moments. Roddy Gale really had his moment at the end. Obviously, Bryce Sensible was the most consistent guy all year in terms of that. And then Felix Akpara at times dominated down low. So that's the main takeaway for me is that Ohio State went from, holy cow, what positives are there to take? It's to, oh my God, there's so many positives to take. Look how strong they finished the year. Um, but it was always going to be a bit of a, a, a weird transition year. Anything that happened that was good was gravy. And there's probably too much gravy at the beginning, right? Um, what I'm most excited about is the development of the young guys. Um, the, the future, the fact that a lot of people are talking about the players getting all this confidence, right? Bruce, Roddy, Felix, you know, uh, Bryce is probably gone. 99% sure he's gone, right? If you were a first round pick, you'd leave also. Um, but no one's talking about the confidence of the coaching staff, right? Like if you don't think that little win streak at the end of the year, winning four of six or whatever it was and three straight straight in the big 10 tournament and beating two, three NCAA tournament teams really turned out to be two NCAA tournament teams and Wisconsin's in the NIT semifinals in three days, like that gives coach Holt and those guys a ton of confidence as well. Like I had, I find myself found myself saying over and over again during the year, like Chris Holman didn't lose his fastball. He didn't forget how to coach, right? Like he didn't forget all this stuff. And then he proved it at the end of the year. And sometimes you got to prove to yourself. So overall this year was a roller coaster, man. Obviously, you know, every Ohio state fan knows uh, I just get frustrated when fans in quotes don't can't quite grasp the severity of the situation or understand how college basketball is different than college football and yada, yada, yada. And that's a whole different conversation for a different day, but it's not fair to say that you leave the season. Like this was a successful season. That's not all I'm saying, but you take the positives away that you can. And, and there were a lot at the end. Yeah. And I think one of the biggest things you mentioned was the confidence that the coaching staff gets when you look back to the very, very dark days of this season, loss after loss, press conference after press conference, where Chris Holtman would come out and say, hey, look, if I had answers, we wouldn't be having this conversation because we would have won. It was the the lowest I've seen Chris Holtman in his time at Ohio State and probably ever that he's been as a head coach. When you saw coach Holtman going through, I mean, just, just going through it. Like, how does that make you, how does that make a player feel when you're in the locker room? And I don't know how much you're really paying attention to what your coach is saying in every press conference and in all 20 minutes of every single word that he says, but when he doesn't even have answers, how does that, how does that make the locker room feel? Does that have a big impact? Would you say? Truthfully, it's just, it's just sad. And, and when you're in that locker room, I could tell you what, like when coach Holt is in front of those guys, there is not, it's not the same person that's in front of the media. Right. Um, the, it, as a, as a former player and a fan, like it was, it was, it was sad, right. You don't want to see a guy that you look up to a guy that you respect, a guy that you love be not only just, just hammered on social media and at times you know it's rightfully so right you got to win games but like it's just 
it's just sad. You're, you're just around. I, I care more than anybody else out there, right? I want them to be great as much as anybody else does. Um, and it's just miserable. Like losing is miserable. Like people talk about how you got to hate to lose more than you love to win. And it's never more evident until you've been in a losing drought, losing streak like guys were this year. I was fortunate to not go through anything like that, but my sophomore year, we went through a major losing streak. My senior year, we lost five games right at the end of the year leading into the NCAA tournament. And like, it affects everything you do. It affects, you don't want, you, you, you want to, it's crazy, but you want to stay in bed more. You, you don't want to be in the facility as much, right? You want to work on your game and get better because that's important. But like, you don't want to be around the fans. You don't want to be seen in public. You don't want to go out and get dinner. Like, it's just crazy, right? Like, it's just losing affects your well-being. Like, I remember I could care less about how I did in school. All I wanted to do was win a game my senior year. Like, it, that's all that matters. So, yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot to unravel right there. But when you see Coach Holtman, I wouldn't say, like, almost in tears, but, like, you know, in a state of mind that I haven't seen him in a long time. Like it takes a lot for a guy as tough as him and any head coach for that matter to feel the way he did. And I'm just glad because a lot of, I don't know if a lot of coaches, but a lot of players would roll over and quit on a season like that. A lot of coaches never stop coaching. They're never going to stop coaching. If they do, then (laughs) that's not the coach you want in your program, but the coaches never stop coaching. The players never stop playing, which is something that I am very proud of being a former player, being an Ohio State fan. Yeah. And I think, too, your perspective on what it feels like to lose and, and how much it affects you. I mean, players at Ohio State have grown up their entire lives just winning and being the best player on their team, going out and, and playing at camps and, and playing travel ball and being the best and you don't lose and now you lose over and over and over again and it's it's almost I don't want to be demeaning it I won't use the word hilarious but it's near that when you see fans saying these guys don't want to win or Chris Holtman needs to be fired things like that it's just completely baseless and it, it comes back to this entire year calling for every single player on that roster saying get player a or player B off the floor. I hope he transfers away all this stuff when they're out there doing the most complaining about freaking Zed key. I'll go off on a soapbox here. I'm fine to do that. But complaining about Zed key when he tore his freaking labrum, one of the most painful injuries you can have. And he's out there gutting it out against Zach Eady. And Fans are like, get him out. I want him to transfer. Send him to St. John's with with Rick Pitino. Like, the perspective, and it's Buckeye Nation and a very, very passionate fan base that can also, that can be good and that can be bad. But the the atmosphere that this team had to go through this year was one that, that they've never had to deal with before and they'll probably never have to deal with again in, in any circumstance or in any severity like that. And it's tough to see. And it's tough to see fans essentially not take it seriously and act like these guys want to lose. Yeah. You know, guy fans just like to be heard. I, that's so silly. Um, all the stuff that they say, and it is what it is. Like, honestly, like you mentioned it, that's what makes Ohio state fans and fans in general. So great is that, you know, they care so much. It's just, you better actually care. Like, 
I, I, I don't know. I've, I always had a, I was, I was pretty good about not listening to that noise when I was in school. Cause those stupid guys on Twitter don't, they don't know. They don't know what I know and they don't know anything. So I trust me in theory, it could get to guys. Right. But mo- most guys are smart enough to not like you think coach Holman is scrolling Twitter and looking at what guys are saying about him. Like, no. So um, it is what it is. And it, it's funny too. Many people thought that the pressure that those tweeting with first name and, and 19 numbers behind their username and the egg yeah. as their icon on Twitter, they were the ones who thought they were going to push Chris Holtman out. And when the rumor came out that Holtman was going to go to Notre Dame, for example, they're like, ah, oh, Chris Holtman can't take the, the pressure he wants out. For what reason would Chris Holtman want out? He just had the most successful freshman class of his tenure at Ohio state. He's bringing in three top 50 recruits at Ohio state or three top 75. Sorry. And he also has also just dealt with 10 newcomers and a hot team coming into next season. And on top of that, he has a great relationship with Gene Smith and he works well with with, Smith and Holtman work well together. So I'm sorry, uh, at Tristan two, seven, one, five, six, nine, zero. You're not that loud of a voice you may be very loud and tweet a lot but chris holtman could not give two craps less about what you have to say so that maybe need to be said as well but i i'm also curious joey on your take on heading into next season in this this transfer season it is so weird now seeing everyone entering the transfer portal i think the buckeyes have been in touch with up to 20 players at this point already like what is the day-to-day look like for chris holtman and his staff as they're out here doing the absolute most not only getting in touch with players but trying to scout them see if they're going to be a good fit for the team trying to get in touch with that like what does that entire process look like you know they they wish they didn't have to be doing it so much right now if, if they were still playing in the ncaa tournament but um yeah it's it it is a full-time job it you know there are support staff guys that are scouring the internet for updates on the transfer portal and finding film to get to the to these coaches from to watch to see who they want to recruit but I gotta tell you honestly like it is a huge part and and it's important but like Holman's gonna take somebody it's going to be a really good fit and it's going to be an impact guy. It's got, it's going to be an impact guy, but he's not going to, he's not going to revamp his roster year in and year out with transfers. I'd be surprised if he takes more than one guy this year. You look at the way the roster is constructed. There's three guys that, you know, are starting and playing major minutes next year. And that's Bruce Thorne, Roddy Gale and Felix Akpara. Zed is totally in the mix and Zed could play with Felix. Zed could play instead of Felix, but there's three guys for sure that you know so how many transfers are going to come and be a backup center or a backup point guard or and be like and have a real deal impact there's not many guys like that the guy that I have my eyes on in general for Ohio State which would be just a home like I'm like getting chills thinking about if we get this guy is Jameson Battle from Minnesota Um, if, if that's the guy that would be a home run stretch for bigger body can shoot the three, make big shots, take big shots, be a go-to guy, so to speak. Um, that's who I want someone at Ohio State to get. I don't want them to get another center. I want Felix slash Zed slash Austin Parks to 
hold down that position. We got plenty of wings, right? Tanner Holden's back another year. You got Roddy. You got the freshman coming in. Payson Chapman's unbelievable. He's going to be the best freshman of all those guys, and no one talks about him, it seems like. So you got guys. Maybe Kalen Etzler gives you something. Maybe Eugene Brown gives you something. But you got guys. The missing spot is like that stretch four. You know, you think about Holtman's really good teams. They've had the EJ Liddell's, the Kata Bates-Diops, the Jay Sean Tate's. Like that four position is so important. So that's what we wanted Justice to be this year, right? It's what it was. Bryce kind of was a little bit. But I love Justice with all my heart. Jameson Battle would be incredible to, to get on this team. Absolutely. I think – that would be, I think fans kind of see Jamison Battle as the guy that that Ohio State should be targeting right now over everyone else. One slight, I would say, hole in the rotation right now is who's going to back up Bruce Thornton. Someone's going to have to take some minutes off and be able to handle the ball. One thing we saw at Ohio State this year was an inability to handle the press and it was essentially Bruce Thornton and, and sometimes Isaac Likely, but not a lot of guys who are really able to handle that, the ball handling duties against the press and pressure in general. So I think that's another spot Ohio State would need to target, but there's going to be openings. There's there's definitely going to be openings. So with you, with you assuming Ohio State's going to take one player, are you more optimistic on some players staying where there's been consideration of transferring out trans um tanner holden a guy who has definitely been been hotly debated on if he'll be gone eugene brown another player like that so do you see those types of players staying next season someone's gonna transfer that's just the nature of college basketball um funny enough and people don't really get this a lot of times it's mutual like players want to leave and coaches are like yeah it's probably best if you leave because we love you and we want you to go be successful somewhere else um, it's a tough conversation to have. I remember at Ohio state, that's what basically happened with AJ Harris. It was like, Hey, if you want to stay, we'll have you, but we both know that you'd be better off somewhere else. And AJ was like, yeah, I feel the same way. Um, Mickey Mitchell, same thing. Daniel Giddens, we didn't want him to leave, but, but he, he left anyway. Um, so someone will leave. I don't know who. I mean, maybe I do, maybe I don't, whatever, but um, someone will leave. And it's not because it's nothing more than the coaches want them to have an opportunity and they want to have an opportunity somewhere else. Think about the guys that are coming in. There's a log jam of like nine guys for four positions, right? Like either you're going to wait it out or you're not. And no one's offended if you don't. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think we're, we'll definitely see movement in not only the transfer portal, Ohio state going out to get some players, but you're also going to see some movement of players going out. Fans will need to realize that some players who they, they would like to see leave will probably remain like Zed key, for example. I mean, do you have any feel for Zed key? Any reason why he would want to leave Ohio state at this point? I don't, I listen, I, it's funny. I saw Zed the other day um, walking on high street um i was like i i don't even know what i was doing but he had just got back from some high school basketball game whatever i love that guy i don't want him to go i think that him and felix are a solid one-two punch i think that 
it could I could see throughout the season it turning into hey it's Felix's spot and Zed is playing 15 minutes a game and Felix is playing you know 25 minutes a game um I don't see him leaving though if he if he left it would be because Felix is the guy and Zed knows he's the guy and Zed wants to go play somewhere where he's the guy and can you be is is there anything wrong with that absolutely not I just don't see that happening I know that they're pushing they're pushing for them to play together next year which is interesting is one word for it um, yep. impossible is another word for it um but also intriguing maybe another word for it but if if Zed thinks that they can play together he ain't going anywhere so um I I hope you don't want Zed to transfer that's a that's the type of guy you want in your program you just do yeah yeah, I think the best word to describe Zed Key and Felix Akpar on the floor at the same time is probably clunky. You cannot spread the floor with either of Zed's those players. Be able to shoot or else it's impossible. Exactly. So here's here's my biggest thing, and I, I am by no means a proponent of Zed Key transferring, and I'm also not sure how possible it is. Zed Key coming off a serious shoulder injury, his spring gone, his summer is gone, and he may be ready for the regular season it's hard to say it's going to be right within kind of that sweet spot of when he'll be ready to go but if he is he's still going to be rusty he's still going to have to get back into it how much risk would a head coach at another university want to take on by taking zed key and can can you really even do that without him being able to clear a physical right now is is that that's that's my question is first of all i don't want to watch zed key leave second of all I, I don't really see the possibility and why a coach would, would even want to do that, why they'd want to take on that risk and take on a player that they'll get for him being a hundred percent, maybe half the year. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, guys would, guys would take him. He's shown enough. I think that guys would take him. Um, it's an interesting proposition though. You know, um, I don't think it's like, it is and isn't like the NBA where the NBA would like, they'd be like, he had shoulder surgery. People have shoulder surgery all the time. It just depends on like how many years the guys have left and all. And if he's going to be ready for the next season, I, in a vacuum, I think there's nobody has a problem with Zed with Zed's injury right now and what he can do in the future. Yeah, that's a fair point. Uh, I, I think the, the biggest thing was that he, the, the question mark around him is if, if he can play the five with, with Felix Akpara and who, who is going to be subbed out for who essentially at this point. And I think it's pretty clear the ceiling favors Felix Akpara and the explosiveness in terms of being able to block shots and, and get up and be athletic and, and defend comes with Akpara. And although he did get himself into some foul trouble this year and he's got some work to do offensively, he improved as the season went on and it was clear that Chris Holtman noticed that as well. So in terms of next season, what are your expectations? What are your hopes? What does Ohio State need to do in, in the summer to get ready for next season? What are your thoughts on Team 125? Yeah, I'm I, I'm always optimistic. I'm always bullish. Um, I, I think that Coach Holtman is, is the man for the job. I think that the players believe in him, and that's all you need to know. Um, I think that Bruce Thorne instantly becomes one of the best point guards in the big 10 and maybe even like a top 20 point guard in the country, like right away. And if you've watched any of NCAA and any of March madness, like the best teams that are left have really good point guards. So that's important. 
Roddy Gale is a stud, two-way player. I think Felix Akpara, the ceiling for him is so unbelievably high. I think that Zed Key may be like all in all a better basketball player, right? But Felix maybe gives you a better opportunity to win with his specific skill set um, in the Big Ten, especially. I think these freshmen are are so ridiculously talented. I think there are, I think three of those guys will contribute right away. Um, and I and if we get, if we get an impact transfer, which I know we will, and I pray to God we will. I really hope we go the high major transfer route, whether it's Jameson Bell or somebody else. The mid-major transfer route hasn't been so great yet. You see the difference in Tanner Holden and Sean McNeil, right? Like a little bit of a difference there. Love Tanner, but there's a difference. Mm-hmm. So I hope we go the high major transfer route there. Um, I think that Ohio State instantly every year is going to be considered, hey, they're going to compete for a, for a double buy at the end of the day in, in the Big Ten tournament, and rightfully so. But the goal next year is, like it or not, it is a prove-it year for Chris Holtman and company, right? Like, not only do you have to compete for a Big Ten championship regular season, postseason, you got to make the NCAA tournament, and you got to make it to the Sweet 16. You got to check one of those four boxes at the very least. And, and I'm not even counting the Big Ten tournament or the, the NCAA tournament, right? If, if he wins the regular season Big Ten championship, cool. Call the dogs off. If they win the tournament, cool. Call the dogs off. They make to a Sweet 16 call the dogs off. But in order to do the third, you most likely have to do get close to one of the other two. So um, I'm not dumb. I know that there will be high expectations in terms of if you want to stay around, this is what has to be done. And I'm excited for that because, you know, when you're backed into a corner, some people fight and some people don't. And it's clear as day that this staff and these players fought this year. And I'm excited for a full season of that next year. Yeah. You saw that, especially toward the end of the year, this team fighting and even that, that weird game against Minnesota, where you got the behind the scenes access and and you heard both coaches yelling simultaneously. And it was a nice experiment that probably won't be done again by FS one. That gave us a a peek into the locker room, which Joey, you saw dozens of times, right. With Chris Holtman. And I may or may not have put a couple bucks down on Ohio state money line after watching that. I was like, man, I, I feel good. Like that was cool to watch. And, you know, I'm excited to watch Ohio state go out in the second half. I think these guys believe in them and, and he'll go out and they'll go out and do it. And they did not, but regardless, like the, the fact that they buy in at this point to Chris Holtman if you don't buy into a head coach or a program, then you're not going out and making the run that Ohio state did there to close out the season in the big 10 tournament. And even against Penn state, a game that they lost, that was a close loss where if they can get some buckets down the stretch, they win that game. And Penn state just had a nice little run in the NCAA tournament. So they really did play well, really, really well to close the year for about eight games or so. So Heading into the next season, I, I've said it before, this is a team that most likely should be in the conversation in February for a double buy. They may not be fourth in the Big Ten, maybe they're sixth, maybe they're seventh, but they should have the opportunity to squeak on in there in March. So we'll see what happens. Joey, what else would you like to add, if anything, any special thoughts for the listeners out there or, or in general, Ohio State basketball related or not? Man, I think we covered a lot. Um, I just, I don't know. I think Ohio State's in a great place with the right guy in charge. Um, 
I mean, you look at all the other schools in the Big Ten that didn't make the NCAA tournament, it's like, hey, you know, anomalies happen, right? Michigan didn't make it. Wisconsin didn't make it. Rutgers didn't make it. And they, they were better better team than all the other teams that I just mentioned. So, like, it's funny because – and I guess I'll just say the grass isn't always greener. Um, and, you know, there's not many guys like Chris Holtman out there. Um, I think you see it every single off season. There are plenty of teams that are plenty of schools, universities that are basically would die to have Chris Holman run their program. So um, the grass isn't always greener and I, I love this program. I love the university. I, I love the direction it's headed. And I'm, I was really excited for last year, but I'm really excited for this year for way different reasons. I think there's more concrete evidence to be excited for this season. So it should be really fun. Um, it just – I get sick to my stomach watching these NCAA tournament games when Ohio State is not in it, and I'm ready for them to be back in the conversation. Yeah, it, you you want to see them back. You want to see advance to a Sweet 16. The standard for Ohio State basketball is very high, and I think they're on the, the right path, as you mentioned, Joey, to getting back there. So, Joey, we appreciate you being on the show today. Again, find him on Twitter, at JoeySmoke. 14. I'm sure you already follow him, but if you don't, you probably should. Um, again, appreciate you being on the show today, Joey. If you haven't subscribed and liked and followed and done all of those things on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you find your podcast, please do. We've had a lot of great guests already in the offseason, and we've got more plans lined up for as soon as this upcoming week. So thank you for listening. To this edition of the Views from the Shop podcast, I will shut up before you shut me off. Go Bucks.